Welcome to the 291st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on July 3rd, 2022. Boy, this year is going by quickly. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's starting early, Carlos Rodella. We are starting early, and it's a weekend Weekend podcast, 11 a.m. This is, it's going to sound pretty bougie to a lot of people, but I think this is the earliest we've ever started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're usually like a later afternoon, yeah, evening kind of thing. Kind of physically painful to be doing anything <laughs> at this point in the day for me right now. Well, I, to be fair, I'm up like super early most days, but uh, I'm not ready to podcast. You know, this is like a thing. You got to get your energy and your soul up and everything. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm a super hardcore night owl. I mean, this is just bizarre. Oh, that that's to, like, right. That I need to be focused on anything other than sucking down some coffee right now. So we're going to do our best. I will do my best. I know you're going to do your best. We're going to get this show together, and we've got quite a show for everyone today. Loaded, loaded agenda, loaded like a baked potato, and boy, there's tasty. Uh, Carlos, let's get into some housekeeping. As everyone knows, you and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of silver duct tape on my side surprisingly that's ah, pretty crap over here there's a lot of junk not my norm what about on your side sir yeah it's a messy house i think on both sides i walked in i saw it it's been it's a gross. week it's yeah. been a week yeah all right why don't you go first lead us off sir <laughs> i like how i said it's gross it's nasty um, it's pretty nasty well the thing is the things inside them aren't nasty there's a lot of fun stuff too uh first off before we even get started with housekeeping close the door go back outside uh, thanks to John for hosting Gaming in the Wild. Yeah. It was awesome. I got to listen to the podcast finally. It's weird to listen to your own podcast when you're not on it, isn't it? Yeah. I listen a little bit to edit and then like let it go and then, you know, export it and ship it. Yeah. But this one, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to put this on my headphones when I walk to the store and listen like a regular person. So strange. This is strange. So did you enjoy the show? I really did. Uh, I loved your back and forth. Uh, again, thanks for co-hosting. I was not out sick with some sort of venereal disease no judgment dude no judgment bro like there it doesn't happens. have to be judging because that didn't happen <laughs> anyways i really enjoyed it and loved hearing about all the games and um and his takes and your takes on stuff and uh really quick to start the housekeeping jump back in the house uh you did mention on that show uh sorcery the steve jackson game yeah that was one of the ones that came up absolutely and i wasn't on the show so i didn't get to talk about it but i also played it um and i just wanted to say really quickly it was interesting to me because for my take is I like that concept because I love Choose Your Own Adventure. I grew up with those books. Yeah, same, same. But I didn't really enjoy it in the gaming portion. Really? Okay, yeah. so what, let's let's back it up a little bit. Why don't you give a quick recap for people in case they missed last week. Tell us what Steve Jackson's sorcery is and then tell us why it didn't click. Yeah, so basically it's kind of reproducing the idea of these books that uh, most of our listeners probably didn't play, I'm guessing. But they were choose your own adventure books, uh, books that had like even combat in the pages. So you sometimes you'd even have a dice or you know a stat sheet, and you would actually do like RPG stuff sure. from a book. Sure. So that's what it's based on. And in this one, it's essentially like doing pages and doing story bits and, sh and making choices. But then it's showing like kind of a visual map, and you have like a little um, what do they call it? Not avatar, but miniature. Yeah, a little marker on the map or something. marker on a map, mm -hmm. and you pick where you're going. And you're kind of playing it out that way. Um, and I just, for some reason, I, I almost just found myself wanting to do the books again. Because 
and again, it's very specific to me, but I like holding a book and I like flipping through the pages and kind of just doing it that in that sensation. But the game part felt like it didn't have, it was trying to do what the book did and it just wasn't hitting for me for some reason. Really? That's interesting because I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I know. Um, I put it on pause because I really wanted to focus like all my energy on it and I didn't. I couldn't like work it in um, amongst my other review responsibilities right now. So I, I really like it a lot. I'm going to revisit it before the end of the year, but I thought it was pretty great. And I especially love like the rewind feature, like we mentioned on the last episode, where it's almost like keeping your finger on the last page where you can just go back and back and back, uh, which is a nice bit of cheating, which I really enjoyed. I mean, uh, it's interesting. So did you, did you, um, I mean, I guess, did you like the writing? Did the combat outland for you? Or you just, just, just craved the tactile experience of having a book? Yeah, it really was just that. And that gets why it's very specific to me, but like, and also having grown up with it. But I, I just, it's almost like it didn't have enough visual representation to m- keep me interested. Hmm. Like, uh, or like if, if they wanted to do it in a new modern setting, it's almost like I wouldn't mind a mini fighting game or something. But it was just doing, again, not to a fault at all, like the book. It was just doing like choices and, and, um, and some limited combat stuff. I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't hook me. And seeing that little miniature on the map, and I don't know. I just Man, that's interesting. I thought for sure you were going to dig that one. I, I know. thought that was right up your alley. I'm very surprised. I'm surprised at myself. And a little disappointed. <laughs> a little disappointed. But it did be... I wanted to bring it up really quickly because, A, I had an alternate opinion, which is weird. By the way, I was playing the Brad roll. You know? Sure. I was like, you know what? It's not for me, pass. That's that's usually what I say. That's I, 90% of what I say. And in that voice, too. <laughs> I thought it was me talking for a minute there. I know. I had to do that. Stop, stop doing that sometimes. But I will say I brought it up also because it made me think of a tangent, which was I do love Steve Jackson and his games. And I mentioned on the show before Car Wars, yes. which is a great game he produced. Oh, sure. Also, he produced GURPS. Did you ever play GURPS? Uh, I knew all about it. Everybody around me growing up was playing GURPS, but I never played it. But I was very familiar with it. Well, this is the t- this only reason I'm bringing it up is a tangent to a tangent. So I loved GURPS because what it was was D&D, but across every genre. Yeah, so you mix. could Yeah, mix. You could do sci-fi with fantasy, with Old West, whatever. And I love that. So because of that, I found this book from these old, old um, company called Avalon Hill. I oh, think yeah. they're still around, actually. I think they're still around, yeah. I believe. But they made a lot more like uh, pen and paper RPGs, I think, back in the day. And I had one called Lords of Creation. Hmm. And I just wanted to bring it up because I've never brought it up on the podcast. And this is my only tangent into it is by talking about sorcery to get me to Lords of Creation. But anyways, it was a GURPS type game. And it had limited rules. And you kind of made up your own rules at some point. But it was that kind of cross genre, you know. And I loved playing it. So if anybody listening is old as me, remembers Lords of Creation, hit me up. And just as a side note, we don't we don't have to tangent in anything. This show is so random, and we're so open and flexible. You could just be like, you could just be like, Brad. Today I'm going to talk about a game you've never heard of, Lords of Lords Creation. Lords of Creation. And we're like, okay, we're rolling. I mean, that's all it is. Well, we I know, but that. I found a way in, didn't I? I mean, you did, you did. But just in case you want to do that again, you can. Okay. Just, it could be its own segment. It's well, fun. I did find a tangential way in, and to also tell you at the same time. I'm sorry, but I didn't like it as much as you, I'm which very, is so I'm weird. I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised because I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait to get back to it. But and like. to, to clarify, it's good at what it does. So not saying that at all. Cause, and I think more people will you know, get that experience that I had when I was a kid. But it 100% made me want to go to Amazon and just buy a bunch of books. 
interesting. Like I wonder that. if people who have never had experience with the physical books would click with the same concepts that this game is presenting. Because basically, it's the same idea. One's a game, one's a book. But if they if they don't have the nostalgia for literally turning pages, I wonder if it would hit with them better. I mean, maybe yeah. that's a difference. I don't know. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, that's some of mine. Uh, pushing that to the side. Some stuff on your side. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Let me let me pivot into a couple things here. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about some uh, movies I watched recently. Um, couple nights ago, we rented Everything Everywhere All at Once, starring finally. Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hui Kwan. You saw that, right? Yeah, I, I say finally because uh, I've seen it a while ago, and I've been wanting you to see it. Yeah, we just watched it. I don't remember what your take is. I assume you probably liked it, right? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I was like. I, I went into it expecting a good movie, and I got a great movie, which is a wonderful experience. I love when your expectations, you know, even though you don't want to go into something expecting too much, but, you know, I was like, oh, man, you know, I love these actors, and this seems like a cool concept, and everybody is talking about it. My, my You know, it was, it was hard not to get hype, right? And then once I start watching it, I'm like, oh, man, this is even better than the hype. So it's, it's rare that that happens, but that movie absolutely delivered for me. I mean, I thought the action was fantastic, but even more so than the action, it had a sense of humor. Uh, and I feel like almost all of the humor landed for me. I feel like it had a heart because there was definitely some really touching moments. I think I even teared up a couple of times, like, you know, um, being a parent myself and just connecting with some of the stuff that was going on on screen. It had like a lot of like really huge, like galaxy class ideas. And they were just fucking swinging for the fences. And some of that shit that in the, was in that movie was just like, I was just beside myself. I could not believe they were doing some of that stuff. I'm not going to spoil any of it, but man, some of those. Some of those late late movie fights were just my whole family was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And yeah. this is kind of awesome. Well, so, it's almost like they pushed the envelope in like the filmmaking part too, right? Oh like, yeah, it's yeah. like these transitions or these transformations, and you're like, "Wait, how did that? What? What's going on?" Yeah, it was just really smart, and it was really well done. It was attempting like 19 different things at once, and I feel like it was successful on basically every level. Uh, to me, which was just like fantastic, fantastic. Um, I saw a review, not to not to turn this uh, yum into yuck or anything, but I saw uh, Joyce Carol Oates, who's a real famous writer in America, you know, very very well respected person. Um, she tore this movie up and she hated it. And she, I just read her review of it, and I'm like, wow, what kind of sick, sour, empty inside <laughs> person are you? You may write books and you may be real successful, but if you couldn't find any joy in this movie. There is something wrong with you. That's yeah. my official opinion. So. Yeah, something's dead inside. That's crazy. That movie was fan fucking fantastic. I loved it. It's also joy, right? Like it especially is. the ending too, and without spoiling oh, anything. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's just this kind of like um, progression of understanding about the human being and also like connections with family and yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah. like a really heartfelt yeah, movie underneath it absolutely all. it was heartfelt it was like about family about being a parent it was about loving people it was about connecting with people it was about fights it was about funny i mean like that movie had like like literally like everything in it and it was all it all worked like it all came together so my hat's off to that movie that movie's fucking dope dude before before you continue yeah. um i wrote it down uh, yum into yuck that's a good podcast name oh, okay <laughs> You just like offhandedly said it, and I was like, I've never heard that term before. But it, it kind of works with like when we talk about games. Yeah, it def- definitely does. Definitely does. Uh, okay, the other movie I want to mention real quick before I uh, turn it back to you is The Princess, which just came out on Hulu a couple days ago. Do you have Hulu, Carlos, or you don't? 
I'd never remember. I might have, I have like the base version or something. Oh, dude, like I use it, it, but I don't know how much I use I it. I can never remember what we're fucking subscribing to, dude. It's crazy. I know. But, so The Princess just came out a couple days ago. I Apparently, this is an independent movie that was made for Hulu, as far as I can tell. Hmm. Uh, it is. So have you seen The Raid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked okay, about it on the so, show, I think. Okay, The Raid. Real famous, like, seminal action movie. Really, really well respected. Imagine The Raid, but instead of, like one you know cops in a in a drug den it's like a princess in a castle Whoa. otherwise basically the same thing um this princess i'm not going to get into the whole story but like basically a princess is in a bad situation she needs to get out of it she's at the top of a tower there's like a thousand medieval soldiers in this tower and she's got to like fight her way down to get out also her family's kidnapped she's got to rescue the family and she just like this movie's fucking brutal dude like she kills like tons of people no remorse whatsoever it's not one of those movies where like it's the fainting princess. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I stabbed that guy. Oh. She's like, no, I'm fucking all you guys up and I'm killing you all. And I don't care. And I got blood on my face and I'm eating it. And I'm just going to keep on going. Whoa. I would have had no idea based on like the random tweet I saw of yours that that's oh what kind God. of movie it was. It is hardcore. It is like wall to wall fights. It is so many dudes getting stabbed. It is so much bloodshed, but it was exactly what I wanted, man. It was exactly what I wanted. Um, it's kind of just like a random tangent here, but, my wife and I have been watching a lot of horror movies lately. We always watch horror when we get depressed because I feel like it like stimulates our brain chemistry back into like the proper orientation, right? So we're watching a lot of horror movies lately, and we've seen a bunch in a row that were really awful, and not awful in the sense of like too scary, too gross, but like movies where the director clearly had a very broken relationship with women, and it comes out in his movie because of what's happening to the the women on screen, right? Where it's like extended torture sequences. Or women just being like repeatedly abused or just denigrated on screen. That doesn't really support the story and doesn't really support the film. It just feels like the director getting back at his ex mm, or like being yeah. mad because he's an incel or some shit like that. We, we didn't we don't seek those movies out, but it just was a bad streak of luck where we watched a couple in a row where we're like, oh, God, like this lady's going through hell and there's no reason for it. And clearly this director is a fucker. Um, so we were like, okay, we got to watch something that's like more girl power because I can't take it anymore. My heart can't take it. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we watched the princess and it is like mega girl power, mega girl positive. She's like, I'm not marrying anybody. I don't want to marry. And I will stab all you fuckers who tell me I have to. And she stabs them all and cuts off their fucking heads and there's blood and everything. It's just like, it's awesome. I loved it. It was great. I mean, just pure action. If you want just pure action, seeing this medieval princess, just like slicing dudes up like wall to wall, like I fantastic time i loved it wow i'm gonna check it out really fun movie really fun movie all right um i got i got a bunch more stuff but let's kick it back to you for a second what do you got i know this might be the housekeeping show the housekeeping episode um well i just want to mention this because again uh real life stuff i recently was on a work trip and i went down to san francisco that's where i was i wasn't sick with any sort of disease clinic down there yeah anyways uh so when i went down there at some point i was in a hotel room i had my switch I had a game that I'm playing on it, which I'll talk about on this show in a minute. But I also had my phone, and so I wanted to try out that crossover play with Diablo Immortal. Oh, yeah. Okay. As you know, I am one of the only people in any of the podcast world that likes Diablo Immortal. You are that guy. That is you. You are the guy. I've been getting reached out to, by the way, in comments and stuff. People are like, I might be on like other shows to talk about it because... I am the guy who likes it. Yeah, you were like literally the only high profile person who's not gone on a rant against it. I know, it's weird. Um, I literally might be on another show to talk about it at some point. But so I, I bring out the phone and I'm like excited to kind of just like lie in bed in my hotel room and play for a little bit. And again, just grind. Like I just enjoy grinding in that game. Like it's a fun game. 
So I get up, I get a, get it loaded up, and I log in, and it says make a new character, and I go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but then I look down the internet, and it was like, no, 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 you just have to pick the same server you were on. But the server's names are like Hamlet's Will and the Fight Pits and stuff like that, right? So mm. I have no idea what one I picked. So, and it's not like there's just one or five. There's like million, tons of them, you know? Right. I'm sure there's a thousand. Sure. So I swear to you, I scrolled through all of them and I couldn't find it. And then, can you find your server? I couldn't find my server. Like if you just, like if you look, I mean, there must be like your account information. Like it must tell you which server you're on, right? It doesn't, but it kind of does. So it doesn't like right away, but I, I felt like an idiot because as I was scrolling down through many of them, I finally saw a little number next to one of them it said one which means you have one character on it okay so i finally found it oh but it okay. took a while it took a while because i it doesn't normally just like put it at the top it's just it's like wherever it is in the list of servers anyways that's not fun talk but that's what happened so if you're for some reason on your phone uh scroll down so you see the numbers that's where your characters are there you go when i finally did uh, i just like I had fun, but I did not like the experience compared to what I'm playing at home. Again, I'm in the uh, minority here because I I play it on my PC with my controller. Other people say the controller doesn't work. They're wrong because you have to change. Remember we talked about this last time? Um, yeah, there was some the dead zone. Or I remember. Yeah, I remember you talking. Yeah, about it. people aren't adjusting that, so they're seeing like delay. If you adjust that, it works fine. So I was used to my controller, and I know where the button presses are. And you know how you get in the, what is it called? The, uh, the muscle, muscle memory? memory. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, and on the phone, you have to like look down sometimes at the buttons you're hitting because it's not intuitive. Like You have an idea where your thumb's going to be. Right. But right. it's like, no, no, I picked the wrong special. And now, so it wasn't as intuitive and fun to me. Uh, but I did get to grind. Like It's not like I, I was able to play. Right. Um, right. It, it worked. It worked. It worked. And it also... Uh, contrary to popular belief, it didn't look better on my phone. Like people going like, oh, it's only 720p on the computer. Wrong. Again, you can change the resolution. I don't know what people are talking about. Hmm. Uh, it looks fucking great on my computer. And I couldn't see much of it on my phone. And I have a big phone. So anyways, yeah, that's my point in saying I did not enjoy the experience as much. And it's supposed to be a phone game. But I really enjoyed it on my PC. So... There it is. I, I I did do some grinding and you know got home and had done all the grinding. So I like that. Got all the grinding done. Did I did all the grinding. But I also just bring it up because I wanted to say again, um, people, what's wrong with you? Also, last thing about Diablo Immortal is that you know I think I told you last episode that people are spending tons of money. Yeah. And, and for their YouTube channel, then they're getting mad at it after they spent like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, there's an app now, our website, where you can just mimic. Like spending money, you can mimic spending money. How yeah, does that work in the game? So basically, like it's um, you know, like a little random generator. So you hit like ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, and it'll show you what you get, what you would have gotten. Yeah. if you had, or you know, a, a a potential what you would have gotten if you had spent that much money. Right, it's a simulator. Okay. You know, gotcha, gotcha. So those YouTubers can just use that, okay, bro, <laughs> and don't spend your money. Don't spend your money. All right. Anyways, uh, there's my little Diablo Immortal thing. And it might pop up every show, I swear. I enjoy right. it. All right. Um, what else do I have? What else do I have? Oh, just a quick shout out to... Um, I do have some games to talk about, but I forgot to mention this earlier. A quick shout out to She-Ra on Netflix. Um, people who listen to the show know that I'm a huge He-Man fan and She-Ra fan. 
um, from back in the day and still am lifelong. Uh, my son and I recently watched the entire every episode of the original 80s He-Man and every episode of the original 80s She-Ra. Uh, we watched every single one. Loved it. Loved it. Great, a great journey we completed. Uh, but we wanted some more. And we we had started the Netflix updated She-Ra. I think it's from, I want to say from five years ago, maybe something like that. Not too long ago. Um, and it was redone. Uh, I believe it was Nicole Stevenson. I think her name is, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, we got a couple episodes in and we stopped watching it, uh, for whatever reason, uh, but we really liked it. We finally came back to it and we're about halfway through the entire, I think it was five seasons. We're like in season three right now. And I gotta say, like, I'm very disappointed that there isn't more merch for this because I love this show. The show is fucking awesome. And I want to buy like a million action figures and there just aren't any. Mm. Um, it's for people who don't know this reboot of She-Ra, it takes a lot of the basic same characters, but like redesigns all the characters. It's a very queer friendly, queer positive show. Um, you know, She-Ra ends up becoming, uh, or, or, you know, recognizing herself as a lesbian at some point. Um, a lot of the characters in the show are either like, kind of like, uh, gender neutral or some of them are obviously gay or lesbian, um, in the show. So it's a very like rainbow friendly show which i love about it. i think it's totally fun i love every every bit of that i think it's all great seeing more representation is, is is wonderful but clearly um you know i mean i guess it must be mattel the toy makers kind of like shied away from that i mean maybe they didn't know what they were getting into or maybe they didn't understand what uh noelle stevenson was going to do with it because there's like 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 I'm, I'm looking at my shelf here. I'm a big He-Man collector. Like from He-Man back in the day, there's like hundreds of characters, right? There's hundreds of action figures you can buy. Literally hundreds. For the She-Ra show, there's like, there's two action figures total. And I think there's like five Barbie style dolls. And that's it. Like nothing else. You can buy 800 versions of OG He-Man. And I've got many of those. But I'm just very disappointed that they, they pulled back. They got scared. They didn't want to invest in it. Um, this show won all kinds of awards for representation and inclusion. Um, I mean, I think it's great. It's really funny. It's really smart. We're, the whole family is like really enjoying it. I think it's a great reboot. Um, and I'm just really disappointed that there isn't more stuff for me to spend my money on because I want to support this show as much as I can, whether that's action figures, posters, or shirts, or whatever. And there's just like nothing out there, which is really strange because oh. Mattel's a fucking toy company, and the show was created, you would think, to like promote their toys. And they're like, nah, not going to do that. So they clearly got the queer fear backed off of it and just are not supporting it. So I'm hoping that with the the renaissance of He-Man that's going on right now, and in case you didn't know, there's a giant He-Man renaissance. Oh, I know. Right it's every episode we talk about. Every episode I talk about. I got to find a way to talk about it. I'm hoping that they will see the light and that in some of the new toy lines, they will integrate some of these Shirai characters because it's so good. They're so good. It drives me fucking crazy that I'm watching the show and I'm like, I love all these people and I want to have them on my shelf. And there's just nothing to buy well it's, it's really disappointing that'd be really terrible if the reason is what you said we, i don't know if we know that's the reason that oh, they man. don't want to represent lesbian and gay toy characters would be insane because if anything we need more of that that'd be that'd be the opposite of what we should be doing i mean i i i, I can't think of any other reason why they wouldn't have supported it because you know there's also there's also the new he-man re there's actually two he-man reboots on netflix in the last year and both of those already have like five times more figures than She-Ra ever got. And She-Ra was on for like five seasons. Yeah. So it seems like I I don't know what other reason it could be, but well, that is the reason. Let me just play devil's advocate and say one other reason is that, is that well, A, I don't know how much, um, it's funny, I was just thinking about like commercials in general. Uh, people don't watch commercials because they don't need to. Um, but also like how many commercials are being made that like geared towards women, you know, like. Yeah. 
uh, because when we were growing up, we had a million commercials for you know young boy to get oh, yeah. crazy oh, yeah. strong hero dude. Like that's all the commercials were. Totally. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's part of it, like the marketing side um, of of toys for women, which by the way would be sucky if it's not um, good it enough. Just- I don't know, man. It just seems like they really fucking missed the boat on this because the the stuff that's available, um, the action figures that I got are really, really hard to find. They're super rare. So those are those don't even count. Like only collectors know about those. The only stuff that was available in stores were basically like Barbie style dolls. And like there's barely any of them. So I think that Hasbro, but Mattel misunderstood and like tried to market these toys to young girls when actually they should have been marketing them towards the queer audience. I see tons of my queer friends who love She-Ra because they see themselves reflected in it and it supports the same values like chosen family and acceptance and being who you are. Like, dude, like you completely missed the boat. You could have sold a billion toys to the queer community and you chose to do nothing. Like, why did you? It's like, it's so frustrating. And also just, you don't have to market. I'm so over the idea of marketing things to a particular person or style a person, you know, like, yes, I yeah. agree with you that like they could have, um, you know, harnessed that, but at the same time, make an action figure, just make more action figures, you know, yeah, they like, need to, they need there's to. no reason not to. Um, well, I was going to say something else to that point, but I forgot. Are you have more stuff? I have a couple more things, but let's kick it back to you for a second. Here. Just a couple more little things. One Nintendo direct happened. Um, Oh yeah, dude, that was kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah. For third party. We all knew it was coming. I think because we just, I didn't, delayed. I didn't know it was coming. Oh. Nobody told me. Yeah, I missed that nobody email. told me. Well, people were just uh, speculating it was going to happen. And so uh, when it did, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Like, you know me, I have a love-hate relationship with my Switch. Uh, but I I was pretty impressed with a ton of third-party games they showed. Um, and I just want to mention a couple. One is Blanc, which is like a black and white uh, oh, yeah, little animals that, that look yeah. cool. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures is really exciting to me. It seems mm-hmm. like... Um, not an MMO, but like an RPG that goes for a while, and like lots of different things you could do in it. And then Live Alive, obviously, was on that direct, which, which we'll they be talking about in a minute. Talking here. about in a minute, and they mentioned that there's a demo out for that, which I played. And then the other one was Harvestella, which is like a Harvest Moon meets Square Enix RPG. Yeah, uh, that looks really cool. Anything else? Anything uh, cut your eye from that? No, I didn't re. I didn't oh, okay. watch it. I didn't have time, but I saw people talking about it in the aftermath. And then I watched random trailers, but I didn't, I, you know, like I said, I didn't know it was coming. I didn't make time for it. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff that they showed off that was pretty cool. Um, I should so. go back and watch it. Maybe I'll watch it today. Check I don't know. Out. I already got more than I can handle. I can't watch another thing. I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm oh, done. before I forget golf, golf club wasteland prequel. I didn't mention that to you. Did I? Yeah. We talked about it a couple episodes. Oh, did ago. we? Yeah. The cub. It's called the cub. I think it's called the cub. That doesn't sound right. Is that, uh, I'm gonna that's the right in. name. We talked about it a couple episodes ago, and I, I'm down. I'm in. Oh, maybe um, I just said it, but I didn't say the name of it. Golf perhaps. Club. We don't do any research on this show. No research whatsoever on Sequel this show. to the Golf Club Wasteland. The Cub announced. Yeah, hmm. the Cub. You That's play a like a little game. character uh, who is, I think, the Cub. And the the kid that you meet in, in Golf Club Wasteland. I think so. Because he doesn't have a name. I'm assuming that's... Oh, uh, right. They okay. were... Considering there was only two characters in the entire game, he must, by default, he must be the other person. Right. Um, so maybe it isn't a, it's a sequel. Sorry, I said prequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. But there is a prequel coming, isn't there? I thought there was a prequel coming as well. I think I might have misspoke when I said it on the show. So if you're just going off my words, then maybe it's a sequel. Because, <laughs> well, I'm looking at the page right now. It says a sequel. So. All right. Whatever. Whatever it is, I want more of that. that we both, a, yeah, check yeah. it out. So that. Golf Club sure. Wasteland was awesome. Whatever you do, just sign me up. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Whatever. 
All right. Um, you got any more? I have one really random one because you said go I could do it. one go random it. Yeah, one. go for it. Go for it. Okay, this has no tangent at all, but I have it written down. Don't care. Go for it. Out of the blue. Behind the scenes for people, I have a note file that we look through, you know, for notes for the show. And lots of times if I don't put something on the show, I just kind of leave it there. So this one's been sitting there for a while. It's an old box. It's got cobwebs and crap all over it. Dusty. Real dusty. So I'm going to dust it off, open it up, and it's just right. It, it, all it has is the words Ikari Warriors Glitch. Ikari Warriors Glitch. Okay. So I was randomly on YouTube. I don't know how I found it. Uh, someone else had the same glitch that I had, and it was so fun to watch them experience it. And I never had seen it before since it happened to me like in the 80s. I was going to say 30 years ago. Yeah. But like, so in the 80s, I had this glitch. I think me and my brother were playing co-op Akari Warriors, because you can do that. Two players on the screen at once. Yep, yep. Akari Warriors is like a Rambo-type game. You're are we talking like enemies. NES or are we talking arcade? NES. Okay. Playing at home, you go uh, up. You know, it's one of those games where you go up and shoot things and keep going up and up and up on the board. Sure, sure, sure. Kind of like a shooter. Scrolling. Yeah. Yep. And it, I found a glitch. I didn't mean to do it. That my character got stuck in a wall and some physics... And he got pushed behind the screen, and my brother kept going forward with his Akari Warrior, and he left me behind, but they were still going, and I still like was active. My player was active. He wasn't dead. Hmm. So all of a sudden, my player popped back on the screen, like it just kind of put it back, but I was literally, was it three or four boards ahead or behind or something? Mm-hmm. So the physics and like the, the um, obstacles were different for me. Does that make sense? They were invisible to the screen, but I was kind of like on another board. That's what I was. That's what how, I was. Thinking. I don't even understand how that even works. Like, I don't either. All I know is my character was essentially immortal because anything on my brother's screen, the, the actual screen, wouldn't affect my character because my character wasn't really there. It's so strange. It's but so you were strange. not able to be hurt by anything that was in the, the screen. That no, you were no one could hurt me, but also I would hit like random obstacles. And have to like go around them that weren't really there because I was on another screen. Wow. So That's I think wild, I dude. saw a YouTuber experience this and they were freaking out. But it, the ending of the story is me and my brother played and we got to the ending like there was a boss. Yeah. And we and he like blew him up or something. And all we had to do was walk forward a little bit to go to the ending. And we couldn't because I was stuck. Oh, no. You went all that way. And then you like like one final barrier. One huh? final barrier. And my character couldn't walk. And I couldn't kill myself because I was immortal. Right. And we couldn't beat it. Oh, bummer. It's, it's bummer. one of my banes of my existence I never brought up. But uh, when I saw someone experience it on YouTube, I was like, oh, I'll tell that story. Did you guys ever go back and try to beat it legit? No. I think we gave up at that point. Those games are uh, so damn hard. They're very hard. No they're save points hard. like you young people have. <laughs> Cushy save points. Cushy save. It was called lives back then. All right. Yeah. All right. right. Here's Audie. And listen, you had three lives. Maybe you get an extra life by blowing up in a, a tank and you get extra life. But then you got four lives, all right? When those four lives are over, you're done. <laughs> Go back to the start. Reset. Have you heard about that, kids? Game over. Hit the Game reset over. button. Yes. The kids don't know what reset is. <laughs> Boy, you know, our consoles really did come with reset buttons back then. That's they were so a reset button. That's, that's, that's the hardest thing to hear. Oh, what are you going to do? I'll just reset. Yep. Reset? I'm just going to turn the machine off and turn it back on real quick. That's what we used to do, kids. That's what we used to do. (laughs) Okay, I am cleaned out. That's the last dusty box. All right, I got a couple couple more quickies here. Well, one's quickie and one maybe not so quickie. So just heads up to people. uh, If you know me, 
you know that Into the Breach is one of my favorite games of all time. I think that is literally a perfect game. There's nothing wrong with that game. There is no flaws in that game. That is a flawless experience. Uh, I love that game so much. I, I love that game so much. I beat it in every conceivable way with every conceivable mix of characters. Got all the achievements. Did I did literally everything you could do in that game. And I still wanted to play it more. But there was literally nothing else to do. So I... Every once in a while, I'll be like, God, I want to play something that's like Into the Breach. And I'll look around, you know, it's like turn-based tactics, top-down, 16-bit, with mech suits and aliens and stuff. And I just, I just, nothing fits the bill. There's nothing is as good as that. Nothing scratches that itch, right? Um, And so I was caught by surprise a couple days ago when Mike Susky, who uh, writes at Game Critics, sent me a message. And he's like, yo, did you see this? And there's a a physical version coming, um, which is great. I mean, physical versions, that's fine. Um, But there's DLC. They have been working on DLC for a while. So there's going to be all new mechs, all new aliens, all new scenarios. And I'm like, oh my God, that's incredible. I would love to play more of that game. It has stuck with me all this time. I'm so excited. Like that to me is something that I'm just really, really looking forward to. So cannot wait to dive back into that world. I just hope that it's... um, balanced i know it took those developers a while to kind of nail everything down and it is airtight like base game and into the breach is absolutely airtight i will fight anybody who says it's not uh but i'm hoping that they've put a similar level of polish to this dlc Uh, i'm sure that they probably have as best they could and i just i just want it i love it so much i want it to be really good you know like i don't want i don't want to be disappointed you know what i mean so well yeah i would say that it took a while right because that when did that game come out it's been oh god i feel like it's been like two years if not more right so they've had time it should be good Fingers crossed. So heads up, it's coming in July. Uh, in fact, it is July now. It is so I now think, July. Uh, yeah. It is now July. This feels weird to say that, but uh, I think another two weeks and it's going to be out. So cannot wait for that. Cool. All right. um, the final thing in the housekeeping, which I probably should have made this its own item, but I guess we can talk about it now, is the play date. I just got my play date in the mail a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So the play date, for those who don't know, uh, is a small... God, was it kickstarted? I feel like it was kickstarted. Probably, was yeah. Was it not? Probably Kickstarter. I can't remember. It was like two years ago. Uh, Playdate is like a small yellow handheld console that has the crank. I mean, everybody saw it when it first came out. Everybody's like, oh my God, it's got a, like a literal crank on the side of it. It's got a D-pad. It's got two buttons, A and B, and it's got a crank. And everybody's like, what is a crank for? What's going on? Is that recharge the batteries? What does it do? And it is a controller peripheral. Like it does whatever you want it to. It just, you know, it spins like a crank, like clockwise or counterclockwise or whatever. Um, it's very small. I got to say, I was surprised at how small it was. I, I've seen pictures of it and I knew what I was ordering, but just seeing it in person was just like, oh, like, wow, this thing is very small. Like my hands, I do not have like big, big guy hands. I have very small, dainty, petite hands <laughs> and it fits inside the palm of my hand. Like it is smaller than my hand. Wow, that is, is small. It's very small. Uh, it's very light. It's only about like, I want to say a quarter of an inch thick. It feels very like you're holding three credit cards stacked up together. Like it's very wow. That thin. sounds way smaller than I thought. It's it is really small. The screen so uh, so the screen is only like I mean maybe a third of the total area of the console. So the screen is very small. It's a black and white LCD screen. No backlighting. So you need to find like a light source. So you're, otherwise you're gonna be able to see the screen. Um. So it's got like really old school like Game Boy vibes. You know, like you're. You got to sit in a well-lit area where there's not too much glare, but no sun. Mm. And like you're kind of tilting screen a little bit so you can see it clearly. I don't love that. Yeah, I don't love that either. Um, so this this peripheral, it's an indie indie console. And the, their idea was they're going to sell you this console. And um, the, their plan is to have a season of games. So what does that mean? 
when you turn on your playdate and you register it, it, it says, okay, Brad's playdate is now active. His calendar starts now. They give you two games to start. And then every Monday after that, you can download an additional two games until you get a total of, I want to say 12 games. Is it 12 or 24? I think it's probably 12. And then that's it. And then they're going to do like another season of games after that. So I'm like, okay, this is really fun and wacky and interesting and indie and I support indie stuff and this is all cool. Um, so I opened it up. I was really, I mean, the unit feels good. Even though it's tiny, it feels quality. Like the plastic feels good. It's got a good weight to it. It comes with like a neat little flip case so you can protect the screen. Like it feels like a really well-made thing. It doesn't feel cheap, which is great. It feels good. I like that a lot. Um, comes with a USB. You can plug it in, et cetera, et cetera. It runs on Wi-Fi. Um, there's no cartridge slot or anything like that. Everything is just download. So I will say I downloaded the first two games. One is called Casual Birder, where you play a person who takes pictures of birds. And another one is called Whitewater Wipeout, coming from our friends at Chuhai Labs, which is where Kinsey Burke uh, works. Um, and that one is a surfing game. And I got to say, I thought both these games were hot garbage. Did not like either one mm. of them. Um, the system is obviously limited uh, by two buttons and uh, the screen and the small size of it. Uh, it was just like the first one was just like some random janky RPG that I didn't care about. I don't like RPGs like that to begin with. And the other one was a surfing game where you use the crank to turn the pivot of your surfer. So like if you rotate it forward, like clockwise, then he like turns to the right. And if you turn the crank counterclockwise, he turns to the left. Sounds fun, but it's janky as fuck to control. Like it's so hard to control it. Um, my son had better luck than I did, but like as I'm playing it, I just, it didn't feel good. Like I just, I couldn't get the groove of it. And I was just like, okay, this is dumb. And this is frustrating. I hate this. So I jumped on Twitter and I'm like, I love the play date. It feels cool, but the games are suck. Like, what do I do? And somebody's like, oh, you can sideload. And I'm like, what the fuck is sideloading? Oh, I know so, sideloading. You know sideloading. I didn't know sideloading. And there's literally nothing in the box that tells you anything about this. It's just like you open up the box. It's like, here's your play date. Plug it in. Have fun. That's like all it says in the box, right? Mm. So um, people told me, uh, I think it was Matt Sainsbury in, uh, in the UK or no, in Australia who told me about sideloading. So I'm like, thank you for the heads up. I didn't know about this. You can go to itch. There's like a million uh, Playdate games that are up on itch already. And I didn't realize this, but if you go to itch, you buy Playdate games on itch, then you download them on your computer. Then you go to the Playdate website and there's a button that says sideload. You upload the games that you bought on itch into your account on the Playdate website. And then once they're in the Playdate website, you go to your Playdate and you go to a button in the menu that says sideload. And then you can download them from the Playdate website. Wait, that's so, super cool. But are the games on Itch.io made for that specifically? They are made specifically for the Playdate oh. because this is not compatible with like anything else. Like, right. Because it's got the crank. It's got the LCD screen that's super small. Yeah, yeah. The memory constraints. Sure. Yeah, no, you cannot load anything else onto it. But that's better. So, that's better. It's like a really good feature. And they should have put that in the box. They least. should have told you about that. They should have told you about that. But, you know, I guess it's like outside of their factory recommendations or whatever. You know, of course, they want to be responsible, right, responsible. if anybody yep. has a shitty game or something. So I went to itch. To be totally fair, I just took a really quick cursory look because I was busy doing something else. And I'm like, OK, I don't want any of these. So I was just like, oh, it's, it's a bummer because, I mean, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't look at all of them. There was a lot. I didn't look at all of them. But like, I'm just like, OK, none of this looks fun. I want, I guess I don't know what I was expecting, right? I was expecting, I heard that like Kojima was going to make a game. I heard that a lot of like bigger developers were interested in the crank concept and were going to do like really fun things with it. And so far, I'm just, I'm just not impressed with what I've seen so far. So I'm waiting for like a better app to come down or a killer app um, because I think that unit is really cool. Like you can easily stick it in your pocket, easily stick it in your backpack, whatever. 
the crank is like, you know, it's people look at you funny. It's a good conversation starter. It's a neat little unit, but like, I just, there's gotta be games on it, dude. And just nothing has grabbed my attention so far. Can I say one thing about it? Yeah. The unit, I think here's my main thing. And I know I have friends who like work on games for it. So I don't, it's not a negative, super negative thing, but I think my only thought, and they could probably do a V2 if they wanted, but is that idea of tactile doing something to a console is interesting. I just think it should have like seven things. So it's got a back touch thingy like PlayStation had or something. It's got like a, you know, physical buttons at the top that you have to like twist or something. I don't know. Like if there are more things to do, I think it's limiting to the software to have it just be the crank. And that's my only thing. Cause if it was like, a tr- weird triggers that aren't like normal triggers or um, I don't know if there's just more things to do on the actual apparatus itself. I think that allows you to have more gameplay options, but because it's a crank, it's, I think it's limiting. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I definitely feel your point and I think you may, you may have something there, but I, you know, I, I just don't know. I'm not a game developer. I don't make games. So it's, you know, I, I don't know what else could be done, but what I can say is that as someone who plays games on a professional level and it has played for 35 years or 40 years or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, okay, like this feels very limited. The games are not catching my attention. Granted, I've only played two of them so far. And the ones that I saw on itch did not motivate me to buy them and download them and go through a lot of the process, which is already kind of a pain in the ass for me. I realize not that big of a deal, but it's just irritating. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'll wait. I'm sure there's going to be, there's, I'm going to get 10 more games from, from Playdate themselves. So I'm hoping they got bigger guns, you know, lined up. And then I'm going to keep checking the itch store. There's got to be something out there that is clever and fun. I mean, indie developers are brilliant people. So first impressions of the unit. Awesome. First impressions of the game. Not awesome. And we'll just we'll see what happens. I will update as as we progress. All right. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna save this as my first official chunk, but I think I'll say it here, and then we'll just launch into the show right after this. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to um, Graveyard Keeper again. I talked about it last episode with John. Yeah. Did you hear that section of the show? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Have you ever played Graveyard Keeper? I feel like I did back in the day on Steam. Wasn't on Steam originally? Oh yeah, it was originally on Steam. Yeah, yeah sure. I think I did. I might have actually talked about it on this show. Very possible. Probably. We've done so many episodes, I can't remember. Yeah, I thought it was cute, and uh, it was it kept my attention for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty good. I I've been thinking about it for a while. I I started playing it and I put it down for whatever reason. And it just it's one of those games that like stuck with me where I, I always want to come back to it. And I think that's a good thing, right? Like I play a lot of games. I play so many games, and a lot of these games. I don't know about you, dude, but if I play a game that I just don't care about, I put it down. I forget forget it. Like the next day, it's it's out of active memory. I don't remember. Don't waste any hard drive space on it in my brain. But like a few games will stick up in my head where I'm like. Oh yeah, I totally want to get back to that. Like it'll it'll go on for like six months, a year, maybe even more. Like you know, I'll just be like, oh yeah, I really like that one game. I never finished. Want to come back to it. This is one of those games. Like it really stuck with me, where not perfect, um, has some issues, but like what it was doing was really interesting and cool. And I just I really really wanted to get back to it. So I came back to it. I've been playing it for like the last week or so. And yesterday, I felt like I just needed to make more progress. I've been playing it like maybe like half an hour before bed, you know, like in switch, like I usually do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm like, no, I'm not making enough progress. I really got to, I got to kickstart this a little bit. So I, I played like six hours of it yesterday. Like I just sat down, I put it in dock mode on the switch and put on the big TV. And I just, I played a bunch of it, made a bunch of progress. I just really like this game a lot. Um, You know, it's kind of like Stardew Valley, but instead of farming, I mean, there is farming, but um, you, you tend a graveyard. So like you, you, fix up the monuments and clean it up in there. But there's also like 
there's so many things to this game, and I think that's what makes this brilliant about it. It's so rich and it's so deep. Um, there's like a million systems. There's a million different things you can do. Um, there's crafting. There's farming. There's uh, fishing. There's fighting. Uh, yeah, there is fighting. Yep. Um, there's uh, mysteries. Like there's all there's a, like a day night cycle. There's all sorts of stuff, and there's just so many systems. Um, a lot of the systems I haven't even seen yet because I just haven't gotten that far. And at this point, I believe the developers are done working on it, but they worked on it for a long time. So in addition to the base game, there were three other DLCs that came out for it. And when you start a new game, you have the option to turn them all on from the start, which I did. And so I'm already seeing stuff that was never there before. Like people will approach you and they'll start off like little events. Like um, one of them is uh, there's a refugee camp that opens up and they want your help. That was never there before. The next one is like there's a vampire that's loose in the town and he's killing people. You got to track down the vampire. That was never there before. Um, so there's tons of stuff. I still got to like, I got to build up my army of zombies from the pieces that I harvest from the graveyard. There's, I got to grow some wine. I got, you know, there's, there's tons of stuff to yeah. do. It's really, it's really awesome. But I will say to be fair, it's really overwhelming uh, because you very quickly get to a part where you've got like 27 different things to do. And you're like, holy shit. Like I'm getting like, like paralysis of like, which one do I do first and where do my resources go and what do I do? And, and I will say, um, it starts off pretty poorly. I feel like they really should have put more time into the, the intro. There's a bunch of tutorial tips you can go back and reread, which is kind of helpful, but like, it's such a huge game. I feel like they should have started you off with more of the basics. Like you start off with nothing, but you're very quickly going to need like an anvil to do like iron pieces. And you're going to need, um, a desk so you can write letters and stuff. And it takes you a while to like, number one, to figure out that you need those things. And number two, how to get those things. And then number three, how to get the things that you need to get those things. Yeah. Um, it just, it's it's real kind of a slow start. And that was kind of bumming me out. That's why I spent so much time on it yesterday because I wanted to get through a lot of that stuff that I was just having trouble getting through. So I wish they gave it just a little bit of a, a little bit more gas at the beginning and kind of got you off to a stronger start. And I think it would kind of unroll from there. But I really dig it. And the thing that I really like about it is I feel like it's the perfect game to play right now because even though there's 27 gajillion things to do, it, there's no time there's no time pressure right so like the vampire shows up in town and he's killing people okay i know nothing's going to happen until i progress that storyline i'm going to just leave it alone for now the refugees we're starving i need some water and food that sucks but no one's going to die until i go and start engaging with that storyline right so like there's all this stuff that's waiting for me in the periphery but i'm like i i can get to it when i when i want to get to it i don't have to hurry there's no clock no one's going to die i'm not going to miss anything i'm not going to miss the, the best ending or anything it all just like is totally frozen in time until you do it, yeah. which is which is fake as hell. But also, I love it so much because it reduces my stress. It gives me like this like laundry list of things to do that I can do at my own pace whenever I want to do them. And if I don't want to do them, I just don't. If I want to go chop logs in the forest for an hour, I can fucking go do that. If I want to plant carrots in my farm for an hour, I can just go do that. And there's nobody beating down my door saying, "Hey, do A, B, and C real quick, real quick, real quick." Like, so it's overwhelming. It's huge. It's really deep. There's a lot to it. I think it's really, really well done, except for the beginning, a little rough, a little slow. But I just dig the idea of like, in the face of like modern life, right? With everything going on in the real world, everything going on in the United States, politically, the globe, there's a lot of shit going on. Graveyard Keeper to me feels like this really small microcosm world where I do have control over this. Like nothing happens unless I want it to happen. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a little safe space for me where I can just like chill a little bit and there's stuff to be done. There's quests to be finished, people to be saved. But as long as I'm doing it the way that I want to do it, it gives me like this little moment of peace, right? And yeah. I think that's kind of what I need right now. Well, also, it reminds me of RPGs and why I play them, right? Mm -hmm. I go into a world where the outside world is burning, and I go inside there, and I go, like you said, I can take those side quests when I want to take them. 
Yeah. Right. They're yep. not going to go away uh, mm-hmm. unless it's a main quest storyline. And another reason I'm starting one of the games over again um, that we'll talk about in the show later. Also, Harvestella, you're, what, all the things you just described, it sounds like the Harvest Moon type you know, worlds, the Stardew yeah. Valley worlds, yeah. Yeah. where you can do a million different things when you want to at your leisure. Yeah. Um, by the way, I did enjoy this, and I also agree with you that the beginning was rough, and yeah. I just felt like if they would have got me into more of those interesting scenarios earlier... Yeah. Then I would have sticked with it because I did nope out at some point. Um, I also felt like underpowered in the dungeons and I never supposed to, but then I also didn't feel like how to feel empowered. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then the other, I do remember that my favorite part was throwing bodies in the river. Oh, um, you can totally do that. Yes, I really enjoyed totally. that for some reason. But no, I 100% agree. Everyone should check it out. By the way, it came out in 2018 on Steam. Wow. Yeah. So I talked about it a while ago, but also yeah. it's great that it's on the Switch now. So. People should check it out. I think it's great. I like the developer. I'd like to see what they do next as well. Yeah, it's great. It's really it's really one of those games that kind of like fell off in people's radar. I mean, of course, 2018. It's been several years now. But just a shout out, like it's still good. Like it's still really good. And if you want like one of those Harvest Moon type things, but maybe you don't want to farm anymore or maybe you want to do something different. I mean, you know, creating a little army of zombies to do stuff for you is pretty fucking entertaining. So maybe give it a shot if you want. And it's a great fit for the Switch. I love it on the Switch. And so. it's uh, on sale right now on Steam. If you do want to get on Steam instead of uh, the Switch, and it's $10 on Steam. Wow. That is a lot of game for $10. That's that a is a very good insane price. steal. That is a great steal. Okay. That is it for, I think it's the most housekeeping we've ever done, possibly. It's an hour full of housekeeping. We just did an That's hour a, of housekeeping. An hour of housekeeping. <laughs> Before we leave housekeeping, because it's already an hour, Stranger Things 4, I finished it finally. Uh, it just came out the last part of it, Stranger Things 4. And I wasn't sure if you were going to finish. It seemed like you were kind of bouncing off it a little bit. No, I, I can't remember if I went back and forth on the show about it, but um, I said it started as a horror like season. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of noped me out. But then I came back. There's a great episode that everyone's talking about that has Kate Bush's song running up the oh, hill. Oh, sure. It's all, you can't get away from it. Can't Everybody's get away talking from about it. it. It was fun, though, to like, just like uh, Game of Thrones or other things, go through it in the moment before the hype hit, you know, before it's all over Twitter. And I just watched it as an episode. It wasn't, you know, that's all it was to me. And that song came on, and it was kind of out of, out of nowhere. So it just fit, and, and that episode was great. I actually think that that episode was maybe even better than some of the last episodes. Mm. but I think they did a really good job and it turned more emotional, turned more uh, fantastical and sci-fi than, you know, uh, the horror beginning that it had. And I just think it's really, really good. And there's nothing like it. Like the next season will probably be, I'm guessing the last season and uh, it's great. It's fucking great. It's great to binge. Excellent. Um, and, Excellent. and I'm actually going back last piece of TV news is I'm going back to Westworld. Oh, wow. Okay. What's your, what's your people... take on that, by the way? I've actually never seen it. I've never seen ever? it. Ever? Uh, never, ever seen it. I've Good seen the original Lord. movie. I really enjoyed the that original movie count. from like yes. the 70s with Yul Brynner. I know. Um, I, I saw that too. No, no, never seen it. It's on my list, but uh, people kind of go back and forth on it, and it kind of gave me like little Battlestar Galactica vibes where at first people were in love with it, and then they kind of hated it. Yeah. So I'm like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's fallen way down on my to-watch list. Well, it shouldn't, because here's the thing. and the, To make this fully an hour... Um, it, housekeeping episode is here's the thing the first episode and remember the creators of it if you don't remember the creators of it love video games and so yes this is about a park with a bunch of robots like the 70s one and it's about AI as well like the AI that controls those robots and like what it means to be a robot or human right 
but also it's about video games. Like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that happens in those first two seasons feels like NPCs and side quests. And then remember, like video games, the characters can't really die, you know, or they do, but like um, they reset or something. So there's a lot of that kind of like fun about it feeling like a video game. So I, I think that that's why the first two seasons are definitely worth it. But I'm in the third season, which is the season I stopped watching, which is never a good sign, right? Uh, but there's a fourth season that just that just started, and I, I hear really good things about it. So I was without, like, without spoilers, can I ask why you stopped watching it? Was it just like a tone yeah. change? Oh, I or remember writing. I remember because I'm rewatching it. So I went back, and you know that thing where you forgot which episode you stopped at. Sure. And I was like, "Fuck, I have to start over," you know, because I literally remember. So I like finally am caught up with all the, the the episodes I watched, and I know I know why I noped out is in season three, not in one and two, but in season three they reuse a lot of the same like tropes. It's the same. It's a different setting, totally, but it's like you don't feel like there's any stakes. It just feels mm-hmm. like they're remixing ideas from one and gotcha. two. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, I'm out." You know, and I was like, I just violently left the, uh, the season. But now I'm happy that I'm back in because I think even with that misstep, I think season four that's out right now is going to do better. And also I think that it's still worth watching. It's like class act, filmmaking, acting, and it's really exploring like NPC AI stuff and robots. Um, so I, I highly recommend it to everybody. Just there's a little bit of hiccup in season three. All right, all right, all right. That will bring oh. our, uh, uh, gosh, our world champion uh, housekeeping section to a close. That was a lot of stuff, and and to be fair to us, uh, a lot of it I think was uh, definitely related to gaming. So it wasn't just us bullshitting about random bullshit. No, but it was just I told you when we get, got in here, yeah. it was gross. It, it is pretty gross, but now I feel much better. It's the floors cleaner. are shiny. I can use the toilet without fear again. I think we did a great job. Oh, I didn't know we messed up the bathroom too. Okay, let's move <laughs> it was, on. It was pretty bad in there. All right, Carlos, now that we've got all the housekeeping taken care of, let me uh, kick it over to you for a couple of games. Looks like you've got Wave Break and Ease 8. Which one of those do you want to tackle first? We'll just hit Wave Break, which is one of those Xbox game demos. Oh, yeah. The Demo Fest was last week. I played a bunch of those, but then um, you had to go down and get your meds, and so we kind of put that on pause. I did not, but also <laughs> I heard you guys talk about it on the show, and yeah, I agree with you that they don't do any good marketing for the damn Xbox uh, indie games. It's embarrassing. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure it is moving heaven and earth to get that thing lined up and arranged, and then they just absolutely don't fucking talk about it. It's, it's, it's crazy, because when I went in there, when we talked about, we were going to mention it on last episode, and you did, but I was gone. Um, is that there are so many of them in there. There's yeah, so I mean, many demos. When when did you check the demo page? Because I, I went out on the very first day. There was 40 on the very first day. And if the, if the pattern holds true, they usually add more as time goes by. I haven't checked in on it lately. Is there more than that now? I, I don't know. I think I looked at the same time you did. It was about like 40. Yeah. But anyways, I found a bunch. I played a bunch. But I just want to bring up one because it totally knocked me out of the park in a really weird way I wasn't expecting. And I don't even know why I decided to download it, but it's called Wave Break, and they call they give it a definition on their uh, game page as the first skateboating game. Isn't I mean number one I call I call bullshit on anything that says it's the first ever because man there's a lot of games out there and people are doing this for a long time but isn't Wave Break the exact oh no Wave Break sixty four is probably the name of the Nintendo game Nintendo sixty four game but that was like a like a 
I don't know. What do you even call those things? Like a jet ski game? Is this a jet ski game? It was a boat game, and I think it's called Wave Racer 64. Wave Race 64. Wave okay. Race 64. Wave Race. And I played okay. the got, shit out of it. Got my waves confused. Yeah, Sorry. so I'm a big, like, you know, skateboard, snowboarding, like, fan of those games, um, especially the old school ones, Cool Borders and all that stuff. Oh, Cool Borders. And, um, and yes, I loved that uh, 64 game. And so I was like, I think I was just going to get more of that, like a Mario Kart, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Boat game with boat physics. And I haven't played one of those in a while. But no, it is a skateboarding boat game, which, you know, you and I have been around the block, played every single game that has ever been made. I don't think this existed before this. Interesting. So I you're think in a they're boat, right. like doing tricks on the water, basically? Yeah, you're like a little, it's a kind of a smaller character um, inside a boat, right? So like Mario Kart, think Mario Kart. I think you're animals, because I think it was a bear. Um, I might be wrong. It might have been a dream. I don't know. No, I, I think you're right. I, I think, think I'm a I think, bear. Uh, CJ Salcedo uh, reviewed this for us. I'm pretty sure this sounds kind of familiar. So you're like otters and ducks and yeah, you're animals, shit, right? whatever. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't matter. You're in a little skate. Uh, not you're a little skateboard. You're in a little boat. It definitely is a boat. But the mechanics are a little loosey goosey, but and but really fun because you you know you have a acceleration. You have like a turbo thing. You have a jump, and then everything around this like map there's water but then there's like um land area and then there's like uh, rails and stuff like that that you would normally grind on a skateboard so you can just jump up in the air and like have your boat grind on things uh smash through things so it's such like old school tony hawk right smash gotcha. through the window gotcha. uh-huh. get to a new area so it feels like tony hawk 2 with like a boat game and mm. i could not stop playing it i think it was just yeah just a demo i I would love it if there was a campaign. There might be. Um, I didn't do research. I don't know. But I played that demo, the one level, forever. It was like, this is just too fun. Um, Interesting. And like no like serious uh, issues if I fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just that kind of fun sandbox. And whatever they were doing, man, do it, you jump off thing, grind, go back into the water. That sensation is pretty fucking fun. And yeah, I don't think I've experienced it before. So I really dig it. I can't, I really want the the whole game. Oh, interesting. I haven't played a like trick game um, like that in quite some time. I mean, it's not usually my jam, but I have played some of those. I mean, I love some of the, the old Tony Hawk stuff or, you know, anything like that. So, I mean, interesting. It sounds like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you are right. Maybe I am wrong that there has never been a water-based trick grinding game. I mean, I'd be open to check it out. It sounds pretty fun. So you think there would have been, especially in the nineties and like, you know, early two thousands, like, um, but also I will say this, I just forgot about it in the description. It says (laughs) it's eighties for some reason. And it's a Miami vice themed world, which I remember the colors. being Yeah. And then it said it's a crime-filled Miami Vice world. And I remembered there's a mechanic where you can shoot. Oh, really? So you're shooting dudes? Are you solving crimes as you're grinding tricks on waves? I didn't solve any crimes. All I do is I remember I blew up a couple, like, oil barrels. You know what I mean? And I was like, whoa, I have a gun? Um, So it's doing a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, I say people check out the demo for sure. Wave break. All right, demo is up on the Xbox Game Store. Check that out. All right, now tell me about Ease 8. Is this well, one of the eases we've already talked about already? We've already, already talked about it. A uh, friend of the show, Lelena, always tells me to go back and play it. The story, for all of you to get caught up, is I love all the Ease games. I've played, I think there's like 10 or something. Canonical? Is that right? That I don't think Canonical. Right. Canonical. Canonical, yes. Uh, there's like a lot. There's like maybe five or seven. I don't know. 
um, main games or something. Well, I guess there's nine because there's I just played nine. Uh, Monstrum Knox, which is one of my favorite Ease games. So I played a ton of the ones that are in order. And eight I played a while ago. But the story is I played it, got really far, had like a save game, save game corruption thing or something. And then I went back to the store and it, I, even though I bought the game, it wasn't downloadable. What? Yeah. Like it was, I think it was on PlayStation and I couldn't get the game I already paid for. And I don't know if anyone listening has ever had oh, that Oh, you experience. know, I feel like we talked about this on the show. I think I remember. I'm sure we did. And I was yeah, mad sure probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I go, well, I'm just going to put it away for a little while. And I, th- I was sure that I had a save game. Anyway, so I couldn't find the save game and I couldn't find the game. So recently, I think it was a demo or something. Uh, and I was able to like, you know, go back to it. And then I was like, I got to play this game. So I went and freaking bought it. Oh, man. Bought it again? Yes, to play it. And it's it's worth it was like, I think, on a sale. And it's worth it. Um it's so fucking fun, dude. Like the gameplay mechanic is an action RPG. That mechanic is so fun. Like it's just intuitive, effortless, perfect dodge roll. You know, again, my, me and my dodge roll. I know you and your dodge rolls. It feels like Trials of Mana dodge roll. Like really fun, super fast. And yeah, it's just instantly I'm jumping back into it. So I'm going to go through and finally finish it this time because last time... I got screwed. So what, I love uh, it. What system was this originally on? How, how far back are we going with this RPG? I mean, PS4, I believe. PS4? Oh, that's okay. I thought it was older than that. It's, I was thinking like PS1, no? No, no. It had to be PS4 because Ease 9 is the newest one, which is... Okay, so only... Which, only that's, yeah. that's fairly recent then in terms yeah, yeah. of the Ease series. So okay. Yeah, and I've played, uh, again, a ton of them. I really like that um, like loose storyline. Sometimes it's connected, sometimes it's not. I, I, I explained to everybody, Ease 9 is just, I think, the best um, and most fun game. But Ease 8 is great. You're on an island. You're stranded on an island, kind of like Lost. It's really fun. I'm going to beat it. So that's all. Right on. Right on. All right. Uh, let's see. For my first official game of the show. Oh, yeah. Recently, um, the developer, Strange Scaffold, who I believe is basically... Uh, run by one one guy. His, ah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. His name is like Zalavier Nelson. I'm t- I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. I totally apologize. Zalavier Nelson Jr. Uh, he is the guy who created an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Oh, he yeah. did um, Space Warlord Oregon Trading Simulator, and he's been on a couple other things. Uh, cool dude. I follow him on Twitter, and so I saw him mention that he was really stealth releasing a brand new game on the xbox uh also pc so i jumped on that real quick um i think he's a real creative dude i love um i'm gonna be like brutally honest here i think he's got awesome ideas um but i feel like he struggles with the implementation sometimes i think the games come out a little bit too rough for me um but i love like every single game he comes out with i'm like oh man i love that concept i'm in i'm in and then i start playing i'm like okay this is maybe not as fun as i was hoping it would be but i still love the idea and i just i want to support this guy I feel like he's gonna be he's gonna be doing great stuff. Like I mean, he's already made so many games and he's he's full of potential. Um, so he released Can Androids Survive? Now this is actually a prequel to one of the first games that he released on Xbox, if memory serves, which was called Can Androids Prey. So um, I bought Can Androids Prey, never played it, but I bought it. It's been on my hard drive since day one. And then when I saw the sequel come or the prequel come out, I'm like, oh, perfect. 
I will just play these two games back to back and I'll bring it to the show. Here I am. So in Can Android Survive, it is a first person. Like you play as like an Android robot. You're maybe a person in a mech suit. Maybe you're not. And the graphics are super basic and you have to like deliver packages. So you're on this like Mars or something and you you look at this little map. You got to go pick up a package that's scattered around the surface of Mars. Don't get shot. Don't get killed. Bring it back to the delivery point. Like it's real basic and straightforward. And the hook to your um, moving around is that you can jump. Like you have this chargeable jump that lets you jump really, really high. So you can jump over mountains and stuff, which is pretty cool and fun. Reminds me a lot of um, Jumping Flash from like way back in the PS1 days. If anybody ever played that. You play that? Yeah, I think so. Where you play as a robot rabbit and you yeah, just yeah, jump yeah. around and think. Yeah, Jumping Flash is the shit. So it's very similar. I think that's a great inspiration. And as you're playing this stuff, as you're, as you're first person androiding around the surface of Mars, jumping and bringing boxes back and trying to avoid getting shot, um, you're also getting little bits of story. Like there's like the main story, which is like we are fighting the good fight. And then there's like this other side story where it's like, yeah, I don't believe that. It's propaganda. Here's what's really going down. So interesting. Um, I wanted to finish it, but I got it again. I got to be honest. It just got really kind of annoying. Um, you run out of fuel too fast. And if you jump around, which is the fun thing to do is to jump. Um, your fuel just like really runs out. So I died just by running out of fuel a bunch of times, which is really boring. Mm. There's also a lot of like gun turrets and stuff where you just like get shot and you just like go back to the start and it's just like a drag. Like I kind of wish it was like a little bit less aggro so I could just enjoy the mechanics and just like do the story rather than getting shot and having to like having to to manage the fuel and not getting killed. You do unlock a couple of um, powers as you go. Every time you intercept like a secret transmission, it unlocks a power in your mech suit. So one was like, turn invisible for three seconds, which I definitely needed. And another one was, uh, it changes the way that you jump or something. It was like not that big a deal, but, um, I, I liked, I liked, again, I liked the concept, but it just wasn't really fun to play. So I, I, I noped out of it pretty quickly. Um, but then that inspired me to go and play the original game can androids prey, which takes the same setting of like being on Mars and the androids, but it's kind of like after the battle in Canada, can androids prey you have two android suits which are wrecked they cannot move uh and one of them is leaking fuel and it's going to explode um pretty soon and so it's the two pilots just talking to each other as they wait for their suit to blow up um and it's just all it is it's like it's just a really short narrative game you can finish it in like 15 minutes um there's a couple different choices and they just kind of talk about like life and about what it means to be stuck in the suit and like you know we we can't avoid dying so what does that mean how do we feel about that uh, it was really good. I really liked that one a lot. I liked that one quite a bit. It's short to the point. Um, it really got the concept across, had a good vibe to it. So I liked and Can Androids Prey a lot. Um, and I liked the idea of Can Androids Survive, but I just didn't care for how many times I had to restart. And I just, it was kind of, just kind of annoying. So yeah. overall, interesting project though. Yeah, I like, like you said, sometimes it's just like the, um, the, the idea is cool as hell. Or interesting, or storyline, yeah. but like it's the implementation of mechanics um, sometimes. Yeah, I just you know so, but but you know this guy, he like he swings at so many balls, and I feel like he's trying, and he's got so many great ideas, and he's got so much energy, and it's fun to follow him on Twitter too. He's a really fun guy to follow. So I love that dude, and I'm sorry that I don't have a pronunciation name. I really apologize. Um, but yeah, follow him. Uh, it's a strange scaffold is the developer, and Rit Nelson on Twitter. Um, so check him out. Check out his games. I think there's a lot of stuff there. A lot of really interesting, cool things to sink your teeth into. Yeah, and for me, I'm always like, hey, everybody, just like try something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That dude is try with a capital T. I love it, man. I love his energy. So, all right. Uh, back to you, Carlos, for a game that I absolutely cannot pronounce. Anomutashonam. You actually did a great job. 
Yay! Yay! We just learned before the show, so I also have to try now. So we did 19 practice runs before. Yeah, the show. Anno Mutationem, I think, or something like that. Uh, it's M U T A T I O N E M, but it sounds different. Mutationem. Anywho, <laughs> I'd seen this. I think pop up on Steam a while ago. It came to PlayStation, uh, where I generally play most of my games. Oh, it's on PlayStation. Yeah. That's where oh. I was playing it. PS, there's a PS4 and PS5 version, which I always oh, think is okay. adorable because lots of times it's pretty much the same game. Yeah. Um, maybe there's more mechanics or more graphics at times, but generally the same. I thought for sure you're going to say you were playing this on PC. No, I'm actually playing it uh, again. I'd seen it pop up on PC, but I, uh, for some reason, not got back to it. So, because it showed up in my you know weekly search for games, if not daily. On my PlayStation, I found it. So, anyways, everyone just needs to check this out. This game is freaking cool. I didn't had no idea. I'm so glad that, again, new consoles and new uh, discoverability happens. So sometimes you forget about a game. But what it is, uh, it, they they call it 2D meets 3D cyberpunk world. So the characters and everything is pretty pixely, uh, but the and the character you you play as is a woman, and she is in 2D. But you run around in a 3D space, if that makes sense. Yes, 2.5D going on. I dig it. Yeah. I'm watching the trailer right now. This looks cool as hell. It it looks cool as hell. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't want to say what's the other games that we've seen recently in Game Awards where, like, um, was it? I can't try to think of the names of them. But there's, like, recently there's been a lot of, like, 2D games that look beautiful uh, with the same style, like cyberpunk style. Yeah. And this is definitely one of them. Um, I think that essentially what you do is you, you know, I, I, it's not an RPG, but it's an adventure game that also has combat in it. So you, you basically, the, 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 the crux of the game is you run around a cyberpunk city and you're trying to figure out your own story as well as, um, you know, the world and different characters. And you have like a little robot with you and stuff. And everything you walk by, kind of like a point and click adventure, you can kind of like interact with things. Um, and to the kind of adventure slash RPG element, there's containers, so you can always like search through containers and get shit, right? That you can then later sell or you know equipment or something like that. So you're always like opening containers, like a la old school Zelda, sure, and running around the city. But then you can also go up to any character and like see their conversation. So you kind of like peek into the conversation or talk to these just people on the street, get a kind of feel of the world. Um, again, the whole world is very cyberpunky and beautiful. You have your room which has like, you know, different clothes you can put on and different like, you know, your email, you can check your email. So it's got that kind of little world built in. And then it has like really fucking fun combat, which takes place in a kind of 2D setting, 2D kind of feel. So when you get into a combat section, it feels like a platformy game as well as, you know, a regular hack and slash game. And you're dodging, rolling, of course. And the rolls, you know, gives you that invisible, invincible moment. And you're uh, doing combos and powering up things. And you have a gun. So you can shoot, too. So it was really fun the other day. I was, like, playing it and juggling enemies, you know, that style with, like, attack slash uppercut thing. And then they're in the air. And then I shot them in the air a bunch of times with my gun. So I really like the combat. So it's got that mixed together with this adventure story element, which I think is the real crux of the game, is you want to know what's going on. And there's... Tons of spoilers right away, so I won't even tell you anything. Besides the fact that you play as this girl who is trying to figure out her world, um, 
in this really interesting cyberpunk setting. I'm watching the trailer right now, dude. I've never, I've literally never heard of this game before, which is crazy because all I do every fucking day is eat, sleep, and breathe video games. I can't believe that no one has sent me any PR on this. What? Wow. I know. Some PR person, some PR person's really not doing their job because uh, even though the name is really awkward and hard to say, I'm watching the trailers and I'm like, this looks fucking fantastic. Like, this is 100% my jam. It's getting more and more my jam every time I play it, too. Right? I mean, I, I think you really like you, you just you just pimped this game pretty hard. But despite the fact that you basically were cheerleading the entire time, I think you really undersold how amazing it looks. Like I'm watching <laughs> this trailer. I'm like, holy shit. Like these the presentation on this is fantastic. Like the way the camera pans and the colors and the neon lights and like the way it's using the 0.5 in the 2D. Yeah, two point five. Tight as hell, dude. Like, yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna buy this as soon as I get off the show. Cool. And then when you get to characters and stuff like that, there's even like little mini games too at times. Like, like you go up to the bar and talk to the, the people at the bar and stuff. And there's a mini game will pop up. It reminds me of that other kind of game that I played the cyberpunk, and I can't think of a name of it. Where you're a courier. It looks like that style. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Cl- Cloudpunk. Cloudpunk. Yeah, yeah. It feels has that feel to it, but yeah. it, it's definitely like. Uh, I really like the exploratory of the space because like the idea of having a 2D character that runs around a 3D space really works well. Um, and yeah, it has like a lot of personality. You also like can fast travel in a car that flies. So that you, was very cool animation. Yeah, yes. you, you get into your car and it, it lets you fast travel. There's bosses, by the way. Uh, I already fought a boss and they're like, you know, like any other boss, you got to figure out the patterns. But it's more about the story. There's an easy mode. So anybody who wants to play and just yeah, don't worry about yeah. that. Um, and there's like upgradable weapons. Looks like it could blend, dude. Like it's got like the it's got the graphics, it's got the style. Uh, I'm watching the trailer. There definitely seems to be tons of story bits. There's also combat. I mean, this game looks like the total fucking package. And I just I just checked while you were talking. The last time I got any PR about this at all was in 2020. So no one has contacted me in the last two years plus about this game, which is absurd because if you had taken the time to make a game that looks as cool as this. You should be telling people about it. This game looks fucking amazing. Yeah, and but here's the thing. It did only come out in March on Steam. So April, May, June. So it's only a few months ago. I mean, still, dude, come on. You got to get out there. At least at least a little guerrilla campaign. Hit people up on Twitter. Email people directly. Do something. Because like, the fact that I, of all people, had never even heard of this game or couldn't even remember last time I talked about it was like two years ago, that you got you to gotta do something, right? Like making a game is is fine. But you got to tell people about the game. If we don't know about your game, we cannot buy your game. It kind of reminds me of um, this thing that we say, like I'm, a, I'm an interpreter in real life uh, when I'm not doing game stuff. And we talk about in the interpreting world, you can interpret all you want, but you're not going to get paid. The only thing that gets you paid is when you bill, right? You got to yeah. send in your invoice. You can make a game as, as much as you want. You make it the, the fucking coolest game in the world. But if no one knows your game exists, who fucking cares? Like they're not going to find it, right? You got to get out there. I, man, whoever made this game, I don't know who you are, but like, you obviously did a great job putting this game together. Get a PR person. Tell somebody about it because Jesus Christ, this game looks amazing. Well, let's do it for them right now. The developers doing think, it. Thinking Stars, uh, published by Lightning Games. Um, Noisy Pixel said it was pixel transcendental. Transcendental. Um, enjoyable cyberpunk. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other things about it. You can upgrade um, stuff. I didn't get to this part yet, but you can upgrade a lot of different things and like skill trees and stuff like that. So it's got that RPG element thing in it which again you're always like collecting shit which i like doing um and then there is i think there's fishing at some point i don't know why i saw her fishing fishing these days i know um but here's the plot just to give give them a little promotion because obviously we're doing it for them right now 
Um, this is a world full of surprises waiting for you to find out. Uh, while you go through the main story, you can chat with a cyber corgi. There you go. How about that? Okay. All right. Take on a part-time bartender job. Hunt down vicious, vicious criminals. Reveal the truth, uh, true face of a trending V streamer. Uh, and by exploring diverse locations such as Neon, Noctis Town, offshore cargo ship, and huge underground structures, players are free to go as they please and act as they want. That's the other thing. I felt like I could kind of go where I wanted. Um, and it's a fucking great game. It looks amazing. I'm I'm literally going to go upstairs after we get because I'm in the basement. I'm literally going to go upstairs and I'm going to buy this game the second we get off this podcast. Nice. It's completely sold me on this. Well, I'm going to finish a bunch of it today. I'm going to go back to it. And for people on Steam... Uh, there is a demo, which is also up as well. So check right. it out. Check it out. All right, cool. Uh, let me talk for a minute about the Capcom Fighting Collection. The good people of Capcom sent me a code uh, to talk about this game on the podcast, which I'm doing literally right now in real time. Uh, this is a new package uh, that Capcom has put together. It has a bunch of fighting games, and I uh, have been going through it. I'm familiar with a lot of these games, but I'll give you the rundown. So it's 10. Uh, Capcom fighting games. They have Darkstalkers, uh, Night Warriors, which is Darkstalkers 2, one of my favorite fighting games of all time, if perhaps my favorite, mm-hmm. uh, Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter 2, Vampire Savior 2. So those five games are all Darkstalkers games. And I think probably uh, they are they are underappreciated. I think a lot of people do not give this uh, series its due. Uh, there's also Cyberbots, where you it's a fighting game with giant mech suits. Uh, there is Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, there is Hyper Street Fighter 2, if you want your regular Street Fighter. And there's also Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, which is another um, kind of underappreciated gem. I think I played it in the arcade a couple times, but I think a lot of people have never had any experience with it. And the one highlight, I mean, these are all great games. These are all very good games. Uh, but the highlight of this package is Red Earth, which is a Capcom fighting game. I've actually never played it before this particular uh, release. It's never been on consoles before. Um, I think it was in the arcade, but in very limited supply. I had never saw it in the arcade, and I was going to the arcades all the time when I was a kid. Uh, basically, you have four different characters in Red Earth. There's like a, a witch, a guy who's got like a lion head for a head. There's a couple of people, like kind of like a medieval fantasy theme. And every fight is like against like a boss monster. It's almost like a boss rush game, but in a mm. fighting game style. Like uh, you, there's like a Tyrannosaurus. It's got like horns and a fin. There's like a big squid monster. There's a lady that turns into like a giant like chimera. It's a really interesting approach to um, to fighting games to 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 not worry about the balance so much. It's more of like your characters against these giant enemies rather than having a a kind of like equal ish roster of characters fighting each other. Um, you don't see that approach very often. I'm struggling to think of any other games that do it in the fighting game sense. Um, but you know, it, red earth is a real oddity. I've known about it for years and never had a chance to play it until now, which hmm. is really interesting. So I think this is a great package. Um, you know, you got your hyper street fighter in there. If you want to just play a little street fighter, like as per usual, you've got puzzle fighter, uh, which is like kind of like a Tetris gems sort of a thing with some street fighter, uh, SD characters, uh, gem fighter mini mix is like street fighter but reduced it's very simplified um i cannot remember if it was on neo geo or where it was at first but like you have less buttons less attacks but it's basically like street fighter where you charge up your moves and just fight but like it's not the normal moves like you've got like a hurricane or your hurricane kick and your your fireball but then also um you hold a button and like ken will like jump on top of a donkey and the donkey will kick or like he'll have like a big hammer like the hammer will pop up out of nowhere and it'll whack somebody with a hammer so it's got a good mix of like over-the-top comedic elements in on top of the basic core Street Fighter maneuvering. 
Um, there's like a different power meter and there's like more charge moves. Um, it's just a really interesting spin on the Street Fighter thing. So if you've been through all the Street Fighter games and you want to like do something slightly different, you can check that out. And of course, um, I love the Darkstalker series. I think character design is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, super hyper animated, like really funny, really like tight combat. Um, I do think the series got a little bit full of itself. Like by the time they were hitting like uh, sequel number five, where it was like a lot of like three different styles of combat and then too many super bars. But like if you hit the earlier games in the series, um, dark Starkers one, two, and even three, um, that's some good ass fighting material right there. Like just, I love it so much. Um, just really, really great stuff. Classic monsters where there's like a Frankenstein, a Dracula, a Chinese ghost, a Sasquatch, like all sorts of like stuff like that. And that's Capcom's artists at its best. I mean, they've got some of the best artists in the biz mm-hmm. and these guys were let loose to just do all kinds of animations, just wacky stuff, wild stuff that you don't see in street fighter. So, um, this is a great package. I love it. If you don't own these games, I think any fighting game fan should. And I'm really glad that Capcom is rolling out the lesser known stuff like uh, Cyberbots, red earth, and gem fighter i think it's really cool to get access to those so overall this is a fantastic package if you like capcom fighting games you pretty much gotta buy this it's funny i was gonna say two things one like oh that's cool i'm not into fighting games anymore you know yeah and that'd be it um and that's kind of true i I agree with you though that's dark soccer and some of the design is amazing and i love watching so good so good but the, the the act of playing a fighting game is like lost on me now like, it does absolutely zero for me now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. But, again, for anybody also who has never even played them, to have all of them in one collection is crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, it's so good. The other thing I was thinking is, like, okay, Carl, shut up about you not wanting to play fighting games because how lucky are we that we have that? If we could tell our, you know, 14-year-old self that not only we be able to play the games you play in the arcade at home, but you can play all of them for like 20 bucks or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. So uh, anyways, and last tangent that just came out of that. Uh, when I was a kid, I, you know, loved turbo graphics. All my friends would make fun of me because they were into Sega Genesis. It's a whole like thing I'm working through therapy on. Um, <laughs> but, and they were wrong though. It's okay. They were wrong. But turbo graphics had the CD ROM, which we talk about a lot and they released fighting street. Oh, yes. Which was the first Street Fighter. The very first Street Fighter, yes. And it was uh, was still two-player, but you could play one-player as well, obviously. And it was bad. Like, it did not handle well. The controls were rough. And even in the the arcade, the controls are bad. But then I got it at home, you know, with a controller. Yep. Um, So I remember going, like, to school, like, well, we got Street Fighter. It's the first one. Um, and it's not very good, you know? And so I couldn't even be proud of that. (laughs) Oh man. I remember playing fighting street and like a lot of people don't even know it exists. Right. I mean, you would think that like the very first game was street fighter two. So you'd be like, well, where's street fighter one. There had to be, there had to be like Capcom didn't do it ironically. Right. They didn't just like, we're starting at number two. Yeah. So if you go back and check that one, that is, that is a real fucking piece of history. I think it's a miserable game to play, but it's really interesting to see what they were working through in terms of their ideas and how that works and all that stuff. And, and yeah, just being able to go back to some of these and man, I spent so much fucking money on dark soccer's too in the arcade. Yeah. Like I, I could have yeah. bought this game 50 times over dude. So it's really nice to be able to, to have this. And I'm all for like, you know, the archivist aspect of things and the historical aspect of things. So even if you don't get into the games as much as you would have back in the day, or maybe you're not a fighting game person, but just having access to these things, having things available, I think is a, is a real treat. I'm really, um, 
grateful that these packages keep coming out because it's just, it's so nice to just revisit them. Yeah, and again, I'll say it again and again. Like, it, there's so many people out there haven't played these yet. You know, yeah. If you've never played Darkstalkers and you like fighting games, man, you are in for a fucking treat for sure. So, all right, that is a Capcom fighting collection. Big, big thumbs up. I'm digging that very much. It's very nice to spend some time with the old Darkstalkers crew. But back to you, Carlos, for a little game which I don't even know what it's called. It's Live, Live a Live, Live Alive, Live a Live, Live a Live a Livy Livy. Like, what is the actual name of this game? I don't even know how to say it. I believe people are saying Live Alive. Live Alive. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like live a life too. I think that that's the better name because I know what the game is and it feels like you're living a bunch of lives. That would make more sense. So live alive, live a life. Live a life is maybe what it should be. It should have been live a life. Anyways, it came out a while ago. It's an older game, but this has the new, newly uh, formed graphics on it. It has the same kind of graphic style as Octopath Traveler. Let me ask Um, you a question before we go into this. Am I wrong in thinking this game has never been released in America before? I think you're right. If I did any research, I would have told you. I am pretty sure that this is big in Japan, but I don't think we've ever gotten it here. I think so. I think that's correct, because that's the reason why we're all excited to play it. Okay. Yes, that sounds right. Um, And the concept of the game is very, very uh, up my alley and really interesting. An RPG, uh, again, I'll say RPG with quotes around it, because not every story is really as RPG-ish as the next one. But you are playing... Uh, a la Saga Frontier, uh, multiple characters in multiple storylines. Also Octopath Traveler, actually, because that's like the newer version. Um, But yeah, like, you know, I played Saga Frontier back in the day and that kind of style of starting the game where you wanted to start it, right? You pick the character you want to start with, go down that journey. And I'm not sure, because I never played Live Alive, if the stories connect at some point at all. I don't know how they could because I mean, they must. They must. Why no, well, it? they might not because the thing is, they're all from wildly different time zones, wildly different. Uh, so here's an example. Uh, I in, and by the way, the reason I'm playing is because, like I said, the demo is out. I think as of this recording, still out. Still out. I just downloaded it last night. Sweet. It lets you play three stories of the I don't know eight or nine. Didn't do research. And the all the stories you play and up to the point where they make you stop because there's a stopping point. They you you save the game and they're all transferable to the full game. Thank Which is you. Cool. I love that. Love that. So, on my trip that I took, uh, I brought my Switch and my demo of Live Alive and I played all of the three games. And it was really really cool because they're wildly different. So the first one was The Far Future and you play as a robot. Like straight up, not a regular character uh, per se, a robot and you're like going around the spaceship and trying to like learn about all the characters that are on the spaceship and the dynamics. And everyone's mad at you because like you're a robot who is kind of getting in the way and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the whole game will work like this, but real quick side note, when I was walking around the spaceship on myself, they were like telling me to be careful and stuff. And I was like, fuck you. I can do whatever I want. And I uh, went up to this place where there's like the, uh, the hangar. Mm-hmm. And I hit the button, and and, and the hangar opened up, and uh, I flew out into space, and I died. Um, so wah, wah. it was very similar to what's it, near Automata, right? Yes. With like it was like a mini ending. Um, so I don't know if all the games have that or, or all the stories, but that was really fun. So I came back to life, uh, did that storyline, and that whole storyline, no combat, because I'm a Interesting. robot. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then the next one was like feudal Japan. I'm a ninja. Um, all combat. Like I'm a ninja infiltrating a huge area 
and I can either be stealthy or I can be action-y. And if I, no, well, turn-based combat. So I can do stealth for a little while or like do turn-based combat. I like chose to kill everybody. Um, and there's, you know, special moves and just like a turn-based RPG. And that was really fun. And then the next one was China. And you play as like an old drunken master, you know, one of those like, he knows all the martial arts. Yep. Yep. Magical type karates. And he finds someone in the, the town uh, and he decides to train them. Uh, and yes, there's combat in that, but it doesn't have to be. I think there's like a pacifist area. Like you can do things without fighting. So it's really interesting because all three are different, different time zones and even a little bit of different mechanics. Um, That's interesting. I didn't get I did I downloaded it last night and I meant to put some more time into it. I only played the one with the with the Chinese um martial arts master. Uh and that was interesting, yeah, because it did seem like there were places where you could choose to fight or not fight as yeah. he as he looks for his disciples. Um so I didn't realize that they were that the robot didn't have combat. I didn't get to the robot yet. And uh one thing that I was curious about, I so what this is maybe a little bit too in the weeds for people, but is the combat different for the ninja than it is for the Chinese martial arts master, or is it the same basic combat engine? It's the same basic combat engine, which is a kind of grid-based turn-based yes. combat. Yes, uh-huh. uh, And you move, and then you you pick either spells or abilities or, or, or fighting. Uh, it was just different things. Like, you know, that, that guy, that uh, martial arts master, he had, like, every spell open right away. You know, yeah, or like a bunch, all the yeah, moves. Ton, yeah. And then, then the ninja, I think I learned new ones, you know what I mean, as I was okay. going along. Gotcha. So it, they, th- they think when it is fighting, it'll be the same mechanic. But again, it's more like these stories and how are they going to try to bring some of the things together? I don't know. But even if they don't, like one's just a Western, you know, like one that I, that's not unlocked yet is a Western. He just plays like a cowboy. Um, fucking cool, dude. I don't know if I've played many like this besides like, Octopath and Sega Frontier. Yeah, this was really interesting. I'm not much into RPGs these days. Uh, definitely not much into 16-bit RPGs. But this one it was really interesting. I mean, I definitely like the um, the character approach. It reminded me... Um, I did not care for Saga uh, or Octopath. But it did remind me a little bit of um, Chrono Trigger, just in the way that like the time periods were so different. And like I did enjoy Chrono Trigger quite a bit. It's not the same thing, but just the same kind of vibe a little bit. So I'd be... I would be open to checking this one out. I like the visual presentation of it; is really interesting. It's like 16-bit plus, where um, it, it looks 16-bit, but also there's a couple little tricks happening that make it look like, like, oh wow, like when something happens, little depth of field things going oh, on, yeah. which are pretty yep. neat. Uh, that was pretty cool. And I did say I was a little bit confused by the combat, though. It did. It, I thought it was turn-based at first, but then it seemed like there was a little bit of a time element to it, where. I, I was like, I was waiting for my turn to be over and the enemy to take their turn, but then they would go and I'm like, wait a minute, it wasn't my turn. What's happening? I wasn't quite 100% clear on the combat, so I need to go back and spend some more time studying that a little bit. That was kind of throwing me off a little bit, but I did appreciate the grid-based structure of it and uh, I I would be interested in checking it out. I like the idea of doing a Western bid and a robot bid and a, a uh, you know medieval bid or whatever. Like Doing that whole switch up is pretty cool to me. So um, my, only, my only concern... And who knows if this is a real concern or not. Like, I don't want to get too bogged down um, in, like, talking to, like, villagers and stuff. Like, that's my that's my personal foible, right? Like, I'm not saying that as a criticism of game design. I'm just saying, like, me personally, Brad Galloway, I don't enjoy talking to villagers very much and wandering around and doing that stuff. Um, so if they keep it nice and tight and it moves along, I think I'll be pretty into this. As long as it doesn't get too bogged down and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, I think it... I mean, it just it, it doesn't overstay its welcome, at least, it seems. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, it was like, 
I don't know how they're going to switch it back and forth when the full game's out, right? Like, do I am I going to jump over to the Cowboy Western and finish that, uh, and then you know move on? Because in the demo, the the point is in the demo it stops you and the story's not done yet, right? Yeah. So if it's a full game, will I be able to go back to the robot and just finish his storyline, and then I won't get bogged down because I'll just be like, it's over. You know, I can close the chapter on it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, I believe someone from that worked on Chrono Trigger is working on this. I do not know. I, I didn't believe do any that's true. Research whatsoever. I don't either. I don't either. But if somebody from Chrono Trigger was on it, I'd be like, yes. If somebody from Saga Frontier was on it, I'd be like, no. I think I saw Chrono Trigger, and again, we don't do homework. Someone's listening right now, saying, "You idiots, it's this." God, what's wrong with you, fuckers? God, it would take you five seconds to find out. Why don't you Google it? For God's sake, Google is free. We Google sometimes, but sometimes we don't. This time, yeah, I'm not I gonna. Just, yeah. So yeah. move along, but I will say, everyone should check out the demo. And yeah, it doesn't really feel like you all that stuff you were worrying about with a. What how the combat works, it it doesn't for me there didn't seem like much of a time element. It just seemed like turns, like you just take turns on the moving and then you do the combat. I need to look at it again. I was a little bit confused by the the very the details of that combat. I need to go look at it one more time. I, I just to finish that thought. I think it's just that there is a move phase, which is almost like old school Heroes of Might and Magic, you know, or something. Or um, I don't know if that's the right reference, but other like strategy games where you like move and then do what you're gonna do. Yeah. So like that that's what this game has. Like you do the move face move face first. Move face first. Fuck. That's also a good name for the show too. Move I know. Face move first. face first but comma fuck after. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we'll get we'll get penalized or something. In that's search. a good one. I like that one. No, right. no, don't. Dude, keep the keep the first one. All right. All right. That's fine. All right. Well, live alive, live live, life you live, whatever. Live alive. Uh, is coming out. Uh, I forget when it's coming out. It's coming to Switch. I, I may go in for this one. I don't play very many RPGs and definitely not 16 bit RPGs, but this one seems pretty cool. And I do kind of like the idea that it's like this lost classic. Apparently, this series is like a monster in Japan, and we've never gotten a single one of these, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I oh. kind of want to check it out for that perspective. You should. And my last point is, uh, our last thing is, it, there's also a storyline that's present day. Which you know me, I love a present day RPG, which I can't ever get. Same. Nobody ever does it really. Earthbound so. or something. But yeah, yeah, so there's a present day in here too, so I'm excited to play that story. All right. Right on. Right on. Uh, okay, last couple games of the show. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, I am covering Hourglass. Uh, this is a first person puzzle game, which just hit the Xbox. I was playing on an Xbox. Uh, and the developer did send me a code, so thank you very much to talk about it here on the show. Uh, this is, uh, the story is not super heavy. Basically, you're a, a girl, your dad's an Egyptologist, disappears doing his research. You go after and find him, and as soon as you get there, of course, you find, like, you know, shenanigans happening. Um, long story short, this is kind of one of those puzzles where you use a, a time element. Um, you can also make a clone of yourself. So, like, let's say, for example... Um, you need to step on top of a brick in order to get over a high wall, but you can't be on the brick and push it at the same time. So like you make a clone of yourself, the clone pushes the brick and then the real self jumps on the brick and then jumps over the wall. So you kind of like help yourself solve puzzles. Um, there's Hmm. lots of different switches to pull lots of different like time elements, like, you know, figuring out, okay, if I go here first and then I make a clone to go over here, does that timing work out? Can I get across this bridge? Can I jump across this gap? Can I do this thing? Um, so like it, it, all those sort of things, it's the graphics I think are pretty nice, very clean, very basic, but in a nice way, like an appreciable way. Um, and the puzzles, I don't think there's any combat. I haven't hit any combat. I think it's all just puzzles I'm getting through, which is fine. If you like, um, 3d spatial and time oriented puzzles, 
I think this is a really great one of those. Um, full disclosure, uh, I feel like the difficulty of it ramped up um, fairly quickly, and my brain is very weak these days. I don't have much <laughs> puzzle-solving capacity. So I got kind of stuck um, fairly soon, but I was, I'm working on it still, chipping away at it. I think a lot of people out there will not have nearly as much trouble as I do. Uh, that's just that's just me. Uh, my puzzle my puzzle muscles have atrophied quite a bit, um, but I think it's great. It's, it's very simple. It's kind of like one of those little like B grade gems that you find where you're like, oh yeah, this is not like a triple A game, but I really like what it's doing and it, it does what it does really well. So if you like that puzzle element, you want to kind of mess around some three D puzzles. I think this is this is a good one of those. All right. Hourglass. It's on PC. I believe it's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. Uh, there you go. Uh, final game of the show. I hate to end on a down out, but I have to because that's what happened. Fire Girl Hack and Slash Rescue DX. Wait, wait. This is... I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm jumping go. ahead. Is this the only Fire Girl game? The one that I know of? Because that name sounds longer than what I recognize. This is the new version of Fire Girl, which came out, I want to say, last year. Okay, it is. It came out okay. on... I, I think it just came out on PC. I don't know if it came out on any platforms, but this is now on Switch. I played it on the Switch, uh, and the developer sent a code for that. Thank you very much. Um, it's also, I believe, on the other consoles. But yeah, it is Fire Girl, but it is a redone version. Uh, in the notes, they said that the developers listened to feedback. They adjusted some things. They added a few things. Um, we reviewed this. I did not review this. I think it was um, Eugene Sachs, I'm pretty sure, who reviewed it for us at Game Critics. Uh, it may not have been Eugene. I apologize if I got that wrong. But regardless, um, the reviewer said that it was a very unbalanced uh, game because it uses procedural generation for its levels, and they were very often getting stuck in places where they couldn't get through. Um, you play a firefighting girl. She has a backpack that has a limited supply of water. She can also use the backpack as a jetpack if you point the hose downwards. And then you have to rescue survivors in these burning buildings, kind of a 2.5D thing. And they were often saying there was jumps they couldn't make or like they weren't getting water refills often enough to kind of facilitate the gameplay. Mm. They said it was a pretty frustrating, um, pretty frustrating play, even though it looked pretty cute. So I'm playing the redone version and I appreciate that developers went back and fixed it up, which is great, but I will say uh, not enough. Um, I think this game has some really fundamental problems with it that I don't know that they can necessarily patch out. I think to start with the 2.5 approach, I think is just wrong. I don't think it's a good idea for this game. Um, using the camera tilting and panning doesn't really add anything and it just it hampers visibility and in these levels like you're on a clock because the building's burning you want to hurry up and get through as quickly as possible you want to be very precise and specific with your movements and just having like that extra dimension it does not help it doesn't make things look better it doesn't it, all it does is like it's a problem for the gameplay you want this game to be reflexive instinctual you want to get in the zone you want to flow with this game like this and it just doesn't do that like you're always like um, like for example, there's a button to look up and a button to look down. That right there is a problem. Like you don't want to spend time looking up and looking down because the path that you need to take is off camera. Like that's, mm. that's bad design. Like that's not good design. So I think the 2.5 D is just a bad approach. It's just, it should have just been 2d period. Uh, so the visibility is not great. I have to say the mechanics are not great. Uh, the jumping does not feel good. Um, you very often have to use your, your water pack as, um, as a jet pack. So, I don't know what's going on with the physics of this game, but it's like you would you would think that you would just hold the spray button down and the water would shoot at it and it would shoot you up. Like a million games have done this. This is not a brand new idea. Uh, but for some reason, you have to also get like momentum and then you have to like time your spray just right. And sometimes 
Usually what happened is I don't have enough momentum, so I waste all my water in my backpack. And when you waste the water, you get less pressure, which means you're jumping less. So if you fuck Ugh. up your jump the first time, it gets harder and harder and harder to do it. And eventually you don't have enough water pressure to make the jump and then you're fucked. And so that's bad design. That's just really yeah. poor design. Uh, I did not appreciate how difficult it was to do those jumps in addition to the visibility not being great. So sometimes it was tough to get a bead on where you're supposed to jump. Um, just putting water, the fires out didn't really feel great. Like holding the hose and spraying didn't feel great. I mean, everything about this game just doesn't work very well. Like it's, it's like, it's like 75% of the way there. And I love the idea of it. I love the idea of like being this little fire girl running in, jumping around, spraying fire, rescuing people like that all works for me. Like I'm down for that. I'm very interested in that. And it seems like a great game that you want to do like run based Twitch you know, speed runs or like, you know, just really just vibing with that control wise, but there's just too much getting in the way of it. Like it, it's, there's too much cruft. There's too much that needs to be cut out. Um, it needs to be streamlined. And I just, I, I just don't feel like any of its ideas work the way that they're supposed to, or the way that I would want them to. And it just felt very awkward and uncomfortable to play. And I just, I just wasn't having fun with it. Like I just, a lot of frustration, a lot of like rough edges, a lot of like, Oh, I almost made that jump, but why didn't I make that jump? It's stupid. I didn't make that jump. And now it's even harder to make that jump. And why is the fire not going out? Because my hose is pointing right at it and it's not pointing exactly the right way. And this is dumb. It should be easier to do this. And why is the camera pointing this way? I want to just see where I'm going. I don't want to have to pan the camera around. Like it's just a lot of this stuff just needs to be, it just needs to go back to the drawing board, right? Like take the core idea, cut away all the fat, polish it up. And I think this would be a real humdinger, but like, as it is, it's just like too much getting in the way of the fun. Well, realistically, and I don't think I ever say this much on the show, but the whole idea of like, uh, going back to the drawing board, polishing it up and putting it back out. That's not going to happen. Uh, as, as a, I don't know, I make indie games here and there and I'm actually working on one in secret right now. Um, it takes fucking forever. So like what will that realistically do is take all these mechanics and things that, that do work and make a second game. Exactly. Like their next game will be the one, right? Like fire sure. girl is as is probably right now, but yeah. it's, it's unfortunate here. Cause I do like the look of it. It feels like the opposite of the um, other game I talked about earlier. Anno where mm -hmm. like, I think all the 2.5 D stuff works great in that game. Yeah. And it sounds like it doesn't in this, but um, I also am not a fan of resource management within an action game like this. Right. Because then you're, like you said, like worried about your jumping. That's not good. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you're already like worried about the environment. So that's that's yeah. really disappointing to hear. It's a shame. It really sucks. Cause I was really looking forward to it. And I was really happy to see that the developers had listened to feedback and gone back to it. But I just I just I don't know that this game in its current form is able to be brought to the level that I would want to see it at. I mean, clearly not. It, it was not a very fun play. So. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a shame. I feel like they probably learned a lot making this game. I bet their next game is going to be like a lot better. They'll probably learn from these mistakes, hopefully. But just just none of it was popping. None of the pieces were in the right place. None of it was the right shape. And it was just uh, just a shame. It's a shame to see something that seems so cool come so close and yet not make it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's All right. It. All right. Anyway, that is a show. We covered a lot of games today. We covered a lot of topics. Uh, boy, I'm tired. I don't know about you, Carlos. You ready for uh, some lunch and a nap? I'm tired. Not the nap part, but I'm so hungry and tired. But before we go, I need to, to do our due diligence, do the homework. I did it real quickly. A Google search before we leave. Oh, no. Oh, no. Takashi Tokita. Right? Is that how you say his name? Takashi Tokita. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Sure. Okay. He worked on the following games. Uh, a bunch of Final Fantasies. Uh, live alive in 1994. 
Wow, when it originally okay. came 94. out. 94, all right. Uh, not to us, but I guess only Japan. He was director on that. And then right after, the year after 1995, he was director on Chrono Trigger. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Brad's back in, baby. Back right. on board. That's what I needed to hear. Chrono Trigger, yes. And that's what I wanted to hear. So no, none of that fucking, uh, what is it, Saga stuff? None of saga that Saga Frontier, which I none still liked at no, times. Um, I also say this. I did not know, but he worked, um, he's creative producer, uh, which again, not director, but creative producer on Oninaki. Which I feel like I never played, but I always Sounds wanted really familiar. to. Familiar, yeah. Uh, I think it's RPG. Mm. I'm gonna look that up now. Uh, and then now he's back, yeah. Um, a producer on the new version. All right, I'm in. So he actually, I'm in. You know, I heard Chrono Trigger, and it looks it's got those little hallmarks. I was getting that vibe. Confirmation. I'm back in. We're doing it. Sweet, we did it. We homework. did it. Homework, 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 homework for the win. Homework pays. The research pays off. Yay. Yay. And I'm going to go upstairs right now and buy that Anno. Anno. Oh, I'm so excited. Man, you got to fix that title, bro. But otherwise, this game looks amazing. I can't Anno even Butashino. say it. Mutashi no Anno, whatever. Whatever. Um, I'm just going to call it Anno. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Tonight, it's like my whole evening. I'm playing like West. I'm like, remember I do the thing where I like watch something and play something? Yeah. Yep, so yep. I watch Westworld, which is all about the future and stuff like that and robots. And then I go play Anno. Carlos Multimedia tie-in. He's living the life. Living the life. And that's our longest show ever. Longest show ever. All right, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for spending your day with us or your night or your afternoon, your morning, whatever. Thanks for being here. As always, we love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, please go to TikTok. Carlos Rodella. Carlos, R-O-D-E-L-A. All one word uh, or tag is what it's called. I don't know. Um, I'm on the platform. I don't understand it. Uh, TikTok. Yeah, we're doing some really cool stuff. I can't wait to show you. I'm doing a crossover video right now with this really awesome creator called Lexi. Um, called Lexi? That's what Named. she's called. Her name is Lexi. Um, she's so damn cool. It's really, really fun. Our crossover videos, we just finished writing them today. Uh, they're going up in a week or so. So please follow us, uh, both of us, when you see her tagged in my videos. And uh, yeah, check me out on TikTok. Right on, right on. As for me, same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 291. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And man, I want to eat some food. Nope, that doesn't start with a B. Nope, sure doesn't. Bye, I'm going to eat some food. Say, boy, I sure want to eat some food. There you go. That's what I meant. (laughs) And boy, I want to eat some food. Jeez Louise.